Welcome to the E-Success Methods Podcast with Jacob and Aaron, your weekly dose of tips and tricks to achieve excellent performance in your business and career. Join us as we explore deeper into the practical worlds of Lean, Six Sigma, project management, and design thinking. In this episode number 207, we continue with more Lean Six Sigma related questions from Quora. If you're just tuning in for the first time, find all our back episodes on our podcast table of contents at esuccess-methods.com. If you like this episode, be sure to click the like link in the show notes. It's easy. Just tap our logo, click, and you're done. Tap, click, done. Here we go. All right. Does Lean Six Sigma Yellow Belt certification look good on your resume when you're pursuing procurement or buyer positions? Uh, You've been close to this side, right? A little bit? Yeah. Procurement? Again, you know, different organizations have different definitions on what is a yellow belt, a white belt, a green belt, a black belt. At least there is more consensus on what is between green, black, and master. Uh, Yellow belt is nothing much Mm. more. I am familiar with terminology. Uh, Or I've I've seen it done or I've maybe participated in one thing. Um, Would I consider that a great in a resume? Uh, probably not because I don't think you've demonstrated that you can lead one or you can drive one. Uh, this is my personal bias or my mm-hmm. personal opinion. I am glad that you're aware. And if I was an organization that had a program going on, I would probably consider you as somebody with a, with an interest or aptitude or something for this, or maybe you can, you can learn some more. Uh, but if I'm not an organization that has a program in this space or would like to know about a program in this space, I don't think it's going to give you any advantage at all. At least I would not if I was interviewing you for one of these positions. Now, is that because of the depth of knowledge associated with the Yellow Bell or or the application to this area of it, the business? Purely with the depth of knowledge. I think it's applicable in any piece of the business. Uh, it's just the depth of knowledge. I wouldn't consider you as someone who's capable to drive something based on what, based on the expectation, again, from a Yellow Belt, in my eyes, is you've participated, you've been a team member or a, or a past contributor right. to a project. I don't think that it qualifies you enough to be considered as a skill that you've acquired. So let me, um, a little bit of a devil's advocate here. So say, so this, say this person is not in, embedded to improve the procurement process like a green belt mm-hmm. or black belt might do. Um, but in what they do as a matter of procurement, um, what skills might a green or yellow belt use on a, on a day-to-day basis that would make the, I get deciding who, deciding who to buy from and buying buyer decisions. Are there any skill sets within that, the Lean Six Sigma that would help be more effective as a buyer? Uh, you know, the analytical capability, right? I would clearly look at that. Uh, you know, in EMR quality management world, I don't, I know you didn't necessarily work as much on the supplier quality side of activities, uh, but maybe you did, which I wasn't privy to. I did. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that definitely becomes a big part of procurement or a buyer position. You know, how do you assess and how do you manage the supplier quality? And, you know, can I use some of the tools to, you know, in, in many ways, you know, for me, it's not necessarily just to do my job. I would also look at partnering with the supplier, uh, to make their process better. I mean, you know, we've, we've talked about this multiple times in our multiple episodes where, you know, we had a supplier, one of the big chip manufacturing companies uh, who partnered with us heavily mm-hmm. in driving us to become better because, 
they wanted to make sure that we were one of their preferred suppliers long term. So, um, right. you know, just just from activities like that, yeah, it would definitely be advantageous if I could speak the language and if I could maybe even teach or train those people to do that. Uh, but by just mm-hmm. being a yellow belt, uh, just because I'm aware of the tools, I don't know if I'd be able to practice it or show that. Maybe maybe the person has the skills or the aptitude for it. But just the yellow belt certification, which in many places is attend a half-day class and you're done. I don't know if that qualifies. Right. I think if uh, – yeah, and I agree on the yellow belt part. I'm just trying to put myself in the in the role of the procurement. Usually procurement in leaves quality to the quality folks. Uh, I mean they work together, but uh, they usually don't – I think they focus more on the, the price rather than the quality um, and the delivery, on-time delivery and stuff like that. So I guess what I would say is some of these skills – to be used on a day-to-day basis. If you were making some of these buyer decisions, if you got, if there's any kind of statistics on a vendor's performance, be it quality, be it on-time delivery, be it uh, price variation, or or whatever, that might that knowledge might help you in in determining which vendors are the best ones to go to. But you're not going to find that in a yellow belt yeah. program. And what you're talking about now is being able to analyze the information that's presented to you to make the best decision for the organization. Now, you know, does the does the procurement right. or the buyer have to always do that? No, many organizations have specific data analysts or whatever it is who whose expertise is that, and you partner with them. But again, being aware of the tools and that you can contribute or you can, in many cases, even request for that information rather than bringing in the analyst or the third party to talk about that with them, um, that makes a big difference. And that's the setting point that I would say uh, having some sort of knowledge in Six Sigma, maybe more than knowledge, a black belt or a green belt certification uh, would really help. All right. What do you got for this next one? Which one is better? ASQ, CQE, which is Certified Quality Engineer, or Six Sigma Black Belt from a good firm? And this person has done one project on Six Sigma. So just to give, I guess, context. Right. Uh, I've seen the CQE. Uh, it has some components of the Six Sigma, but it's more, again, on the quality standards. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen the content of it much. I don't remember. This is something that I looked into, I want to say, six, seven years ago. I don't even know mm-hmm. if that's still relevant or if things have changed around over time. So I, yeah, you know, so I'm, I, I'm, my bias is I think that CQE is represents a subset of Six Sigma, um, but I have seen organizations prefer a CQE certification over a Six Sigma certification on their job description. Um, on their job descriptions, yeah. So uh, I don't exactly know why. I, I the Six Sigma just looks like for me the ASQ exam on Six Sigma, and or at least the topics. Are well, you know what? I think I take that back. Uh, the The topics are the same in Six Sigma training as you would have to get certified on for the CQE, but I think the ASQ CQE exam is more technical than the ASQ Six Sigma exam, um, as far as and it just talks about capability analysis, gauge R and R, statistical process control, uh, all the same stuff you'll get in a black belt course. Um, but Six Sigma bring Six Sigma also adds what we talked about before, 
the the project management, the soft skills, uh, and the framework to uh, go about solving problems. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the application is where the difference is when you think of you know Six Sigma versus a CQE, and that's probably what the organization's looking for. And this is again me putting an assumption into this question on why certain organizations prefer right. CQE versus Six Sigma. I think CQE is more: have you done this role and have you have you obtained formal certification on it? Whereas Six Sigma is probably not considered that. But that's just me making a guess. You are listening to E6S Methods podcast, brought to you by E6S Industries. Join us on our website at www.e6s-methods.com. Journey through success. Hey, Jacob, you remember when you used to work for me? Sure. Do you happen to remember how much money you were making back then? Yeah, I do. Yeah? And yeah. how much more you're making right now? I can do the math. And uh, how about that development plan that you and I put together during that time? Definitely gave me some perspective and gave me some direction on what I need to focus on. I found that useful. So far, I have a 100% promotion success rate for those people who are willing to work hard and were willing to work with me to create a customized career development plan, the E6S Pro career program. Three different levels. Promotion and pathfinding level, which is career planning, customized improvement plans, resume refinement, and interview preparation. The next level down is targeted for those people who are they're just looking to prepare for their next move. And because it really does pain me to see unemployed professionals, I am offering a level called Help Quick, a free one-time resume review and revision for those who are unemployed and in the Lean Six Sigma quality, engineering, project management, or science fields. So for anybody who wants more details and information, these can be found at www.e6s-methods.com slash career. And if you're serious about career advancement, contact me through the website. You'll be glad you did. I can watch for that. Are there any good case studies of Lean Six Sigma being applied in a human resources department? So, I mean, the question becomes case study. Um, uh, I will answer this. I have worked on multiple projects within human resources department. Um, I don't know if that's considered as a case study. You know, it, it depends on if the question, have you done projects in there or have you actually seen a human resource department transform and being completely lean and six sigma oriented? Uh, I, I have two answers for that. <laughs> uh, uh, for the project, yeah, there are pretty much, I think, any organization now the HR department is definitely, you know, open to making sure that some of those, some of their processes are consistent and standard. Um, the transformation, I almost want to say no. I haven't seen any. I don't know what your experience has been having. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my experience is that often it's hard to even get projects going in human resources. But uh, recently I did find, uh, I did have a good one come across my desk that. Uh, one of my green belts out in the Philippines did a a project on uh, scoring for performance reviews, and they were and they were finding some interesting things, some statistical statistically significant differences between the scoring of of performance based off of tenure. And basically, long story short, if it were a fair scoring process, they wouldn't have seen a statistical difference. So they actually went and changed their scoring process so that you. Uh, so that each one was on a more fair scoring ground. Um, and I thought there was a really just interesting approach and really creative approach to that. Did I lose you? Hello? Hey. Yeah, not sure what happened there. I don't know. This has got ridiculous. It wouldn't let me reconnect at all.
but you know what? Your your voice is way clearer this way. I should have just done it this way. I guess. All right. So I know I lost you. On the 10-year versus this, and I don't know what happened after that. Yeah. So it was just, it was just um, they ended up changing the performance appraisal um, so that it was not, not unfairly weighted towards certain job groups, um, which it was showing before. So I just thought that was very interesting and creative way to use Lean and Six Sigma or statistics Got it. to uh, improve um, on their processes. Okay. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I've never heard of that done way. Mine might have been more genetic, right? Like uh, how can we bring the, make the hiring cycle more tight? Uh, the compensation cycle, we've, we've had a lot of errors at the end of the year. Uh, how, do we, how do we improve that? How do we improve the quality? How do we streamline that process? Because it's very painful. It used to be four months plus. How mm. do we bring that shorter? Uh, what else have I worked in HR with? Uh, the currently we're here in the company I am, there's a hire to engage sort of a cycle from, from the time somebody gets in till the time somebody gets out. Or actually, two, two sort of processes, right? There is a hire to retire life cycle, which is truly the value stream that the HR department should own, mm-hmm. everything that happens in between. And then, of course, the first part is hire to engage, which is basically the onboarding part till the time ah, yes. you know, the employee gets into the door. So mm-hmm. you can think of it from many different angles. Those are some of the things that the HR team is interested in and working on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, definitely lots of projects, definitely lots of activities. Um, so I think the answer to that question is absolutely yes. Yeah, I think there there's definitely a lot of opportunities. And there was some definitely some opportunities that I tried to explore uh, unsuccessfully at, at some of my other roles. Um, but uh, if you really want to get strategic about your hiring, strategic about your talent, uh, it is a good place to apply um, some of these things. Can we combine Agile with Six Sigma in software development and how? Uh, answer is sure. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, the, the Six Sigma pa- aspects, which again, this is me putting my product manager hat on um, in software development is, okay, how is my usage? What are the patterns? Are there certain times or certain days where people are hitting the website more or hitting my product more or engaging with my product more if I want to look at it that way. So more from a usage, more from an interaction standpoint, I'd like to get some understanding or analytics on how does it all work together. Um, do I need to do SPC or things of that sort on that? Probably not. But can some of those tools unearth more information for me? Absolutely, yes. Um, so it, it comes to the question on when is it an overkill versus not. So that's one angle on how this can be used. Uh, I, if you think of the other side on, hey, I have a process in my Agile way and it's not streamlined and it's very painful on how we run our Agile ceremonies and we want to improve it. Yes, you can use Six Sigma. Do you, again, is that going to be an overkill? I don't know. But there's definitely, yes, uh, the answer in my opinion is yes, but it depends on at what cost and at what efficiency are you planning to get out of it. Right. I mean, I always found it a little odd trying to apply Six Sigma in software development, but you kind of worked in that space, so I'm not quite sure um, where where it was. But, you know, I think of software development as, and maybe I'm just not thinking about it right, but, you know, product development mm-hmm. uh, and I'm just I'm not seeing a a a, a one to one fit uh, since 
yes, you can apply it on the process or at least leaning out the process, making sure you have decent amount of quality. But um, if I'm a coder and I'm just cranking out code all day, why do I need to have Six Sigma knowledge? So again, you know, that's my point. Six Sigma knowledge, probably not, but some of the tools like, you know, you're the R&D person. You keep saying FMEA is your favorite tool. I mean, that is something any person who is putting a new code or new product or new software, whatever you want to call it, can definitely use on which are the, which are the areas where this product can be broken or this product cannot be functional. Sure. And what am I going to do to get around that? Right. Okay. So, so you know, think of, I'm thinking of it more from tools perspective, right? Whereas mm-hmm. um, when am I going to expect peak usage or my patterns are showing peak usage this time? And my servers are crashing or not able to handle the capacity. What am I going to do about that? Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can get into the details, but you know, my point is, do you need to get into higher level statistics for those, or is it just more a realization sort of thing? I that's where I'm not as good on the IT side of things. I can I recognize that, but I don't think I personally feel it might be an overkill if you're planning to do six sigma related activities on that. Hmm. Okay. Well, and this one's another one for you, I think. Uh, how is RPA connected to Lean Six Sigma? Uh, for those who don't know what RPA is, it stands for Robotic Process Automation. Uh, how is it connected to Lean Six Sigma? I don't think it is connected. I think it can be an outcome of your way on how you want to streamline your process mm. uh, or an action that can come from how you can streamline your process. And, you know, this is, this is my uh, word of wisdom or how you want to take it. Uh, I would never consider automating anything until I prove that it works manually. Mm-hmm. So uh, otherwise, you're just wasting time and resources trying to automate something uh, which probably is not going to deliver what you want or is not going to solve what you're looking for. So that's one. Um, second, what I would I would say is it is always better to do an RPA activity after you've done your Lean Six Sigma project or after you've taken the wastes and the problems out of your process because many a times what people do is here's my process go automate it and half the things you might be doing in your current process today are non-value added or unnecessary things and if you Mm -hmm. can take all the all the gunk and the goo out of your process do that first and then automate it because that'll really you don't want to spend money automating something that's non-value added absolutely so so, um, that's probably the second piece where i would say how they can be connected or how they can be best used. Yeah, I find that most people want to jump to RPA. They'll even stick it in the problem statement. And, you know, what's the problem? Well, the problem is that this process isn't automated. So yeah. what's the uh, objective to automate the process? Now, let's uh, reword that. Let's get to the real problem. And maybe automation is one of your potential solutions, but maybe it'll actually never happen. So we got to actually find other opportunities or options to fix whatever it is you're trying to fix. So, so your point of it may never happen is always, you know, IT doesn't have bandwidth or capacity to do right. it. And, uh, the, you know, it's probably true. I don't want to defend the IT folks. But the problem is IT always gets fed junk. So they are always doing things unnecessarily and more than what's necessary. Mm. Uh, so if you haven't, if you have, if you are giving your IT department things that they have to build and put together, which half the things won't be used anyway, why are you wasting their time? Mm-hmm. And if you give them exactly what is going to be helpful and what is going to be efficient and effective, then they're probably going to crank it out faster and they have other, they can go to the next one sooner. 
So just, you know, just think of it from that angle, right? Why am I doing this? Is it even... Lost you again. You there? Yeah, I got a call, so I think it oh. just put me on hold. Sorry. I lost you. Is it? Is it even? Is it even important? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, you lost the top. Sorry. Thanks for listening to episode 207 of the E-Success Methods podcast. We continue with more questions from Quora in episode 208. Don't forget to click like or dislike for this episode in the show notes. Tap click done. If you have a question, comment, or advice, leave a note in the comment section or contact us directly. Feel free to email me, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at esuccess-methods.com or on our website. We reply to all messages. If you heard something you like, then share us with a friend or leave a review. Didn't like what you heard? Join our LinkedIn group and tell us why. Don't forget, you can find notes and graphics for all shows and more at www.e6s-methods.com. Journey through success. If you're not climbing up, you're falling down.